Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where you learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. We have a phenomenal conversation for you today. We've got Mark Anderson out of Spokane with us today, and we're going to talk about how he's gone from being a new agent and just getting into the business to getting out of production in five years. So this is going to be a phenomenal interview, a great conversation. We're going to talk about his uh, the structure of his team that he's built, uh, the steps that he's taken to get to the point now where he's been able to step out of production, the, the two uh, key roles that's enabled him to do that while still bringing on agents and growing his team, and his plans for total and complete world domination. So got a bunch of stuff to get into as always jeff cohen the ever shrinking man the man the myth the legend what's up today here we go guys i'm super <laughs> jacked today thank you mark for coming on i have to give it to you man five years is faster than me i was six years uh, from start to being able to be running the ceo model out of production so that's awesome i know a lot of our listeners are going to be excited to hear about that i don't think we talk enough about it um from a show of hands last weekend at our Denver Mastermind, I asked a room of about 15 top team leaders, how many no longer service? Like, obviously, you take a VIP once in a while, but how, no, how, how many in the room no longer are working as an agent, servicing buyers and sellers? Only two people raised their hand, and I was one of the two. And I was actually shocked. I mean, the team lead, top team leaders in the country are still feeling like they have to go out and service it. So I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to want to learn from your story, Mark, how you actually took it step by step to get to the point where you could choose to no longer service and choose to be a CEO that's focused on building and scaling a real estate business. So we were talking off air a little bit. Mark said he wants uh, to be number one in his marketplace. He's been in the top 10 for a while. He's in top three right now. Is that right, Mark? I'm fighting for third right now. Fighting for third. And he told number one and two he's coming for him. And I think what's so awesome about the mentality of agents today is I don't really feel like there's a lot of animosity. And I, I mean, I don't know what it's like in your guys' markets, but I'm friends with all the top agents in my marketplace. We constantly trade ideas. We support one another. I have no hard feelings towards any of the top agents. It's usually the onesie twos, twos the agents that are jealous of our team's success that get in our way and cause us the most amount of problems. And I did the exact same thing you did, Mark. When I was a brand new agent, you know, 10, 11 years ago, I, every agent I met with um, to do informational interviews, I told them I'd have the number one real estate team in Omaha in 10 years, and we did it in seven. And so people remind me, I don't even remember saying it. People were like, you used to always say you'd be number one. And I thought it, I had no idea how I was going to do it back then, um, but I definitely thought it. So let's dive deep today into what it was exactly you did. Um, I love watching the patterns of successful people, and I know everyone's going to want to hear exactly the step-by-step. -step. So like, take us through your story, Mark. Okay. Um, well, to start off with, I've been, had, had businesses in the past. So when I got into real estate, and actually I had my real estate license in the past from 98 to 2007 um, in the Portland area. And the only reason I had it was to flip houses. So I wasn't really an agent. I sold maybe a couple houses a year to friends or family. Um, and then when the market crashed in 2007, I was way over leveraged and lost everything. So I decided to get out of real estate. Um, How many houses did wife, you have when that happened? Um, I had about 80 rental units um, and they were over leveraged and I built uh, 15 condos and finished them right when the market crashed. So sold one 
And so it was like a house of cards and pretty much. Did you lose all, did you lost. lose all 80? Did you have to foreclose on all of them? Yep. And including our personal house. Yep. Oh my gosh. Everything. So yeah. Mark, that's actually pretty awesome. You've lived through that and got to experience <laughs> oh, it. Oh yeah. Really awesome. <laughs> the reason it's awesome for all of us listening is just to let everyone know, if you don't know, we are at the top right now. It will come down. So be yes. prepared. Don't make same mistakes. I'm pretty leveraged right now too. Um, we have one about 50 doors and I'm in about a 25% equity position. The difference between our markets is I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. And in 2007, 2008, we only saw six or 7% market shift. Whereas in your marketplace, was it a 50%, a hundred percent? Pretty close to 50%. Yeah. I yeah. was living. And that's pretty thought, tough. Thought to I, had a bunch of equity. <laughs> thought I had millions of dollars in equity and went to millions of dollars in, in losses. So, and today, had you been able to weather the storm, uh, oh, that, those properties are probably now, now double. Yes. Right? Yep. So, they, they would lesson to be learned. So how, real quick on that, and I know you just got started in your story, but I, I love this topic. What could you have done differently when you, if you look back, what would you have done differently? What kind of an equity position should you have been in as you obviously used leverage to grow, but sometimes there is a point where it's too much leverage. What, what do you wish you had done differently? Um, I wouldn't have leveraged, definitely wouldn't have leveraged myself so much. I just kept thinking real estate continues to grow at least 5% a year. So even, you know, when we had the growth of, you know, 10, 20% a year for a while there, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting someday it's going to flatten out. Um, but what I would have done is made sure that um, my rents more than covered my, my, all my expenses and repairs when renters move out and all that type of thing. So when they, yep. so when the market crashed, I, granted, I had renters in there, but it was a negative cash flow when people moved out and, you know, you have thousands yep. of dollars of stuff to fix up. And so I just didn't have yep. any money um, available for that. And so yep. right, like right now, my son is buying a 12 plex in our area and I'm warning him, you know, to save money, make sure he's got a good cash flow. And he's doing that. He's, he's learning from yep. the mistakes that I made to do what he's doing. And everyone listening is too, and I appreciate you sharing the story. No one ever wants to talk about their failures. Everyone wants to talk about all their big wins. And I think it's very realistic. A lot of very successful people lost a lot of money uh, when that happened. No one expected, everyone thought it might stop going up, but no one expected it would back up 50%. I mean, that, no, not that's go off crushed, a cliff. <laughs> exactly. That's what crushed so many people. Um, obviously, anyone that's read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is probably a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, understand the importance of leverage, the importance of using other people's money. Uh, we use hard money for our down payments. We use bank money and bank lines to fund a lot of our property. But you always have to look at what that equity position is so that if it does go backwards, you know, 10, 15, 50 percent that you yeah. are prepared to weather that storm. So awesome. OK, so what happened after that? So then we, uh, that's when uh, we decided to move to Spokane. Our daughter was, and son were both going to college in that area. So, um, so we moved over there, helped my wife start how, her How business. far is that from Portland? It's about a six hour drive. Okay. And so we pretty much didn't know anybody over there. And um, so we, uh, she's done a, the bookkeeping for several businesses that we've had in the past with QuickBooks. And so we started a business of QuickBooks consulting and payroll services. I thought you said um, cookbooks. No, nope. like, what kind books. of cooking is this keto <laughs> diet or what was it? Atkins <laughs> diet, cookbooks. <laughs> so, we uh, okay. So, I, yeah, I just went out and did the marketing and sales for it, and she did the clients. And basically, I just go knocking on doors of businesses and asking them if they needed bookkeeping services. And they'd ask if we could fix their stuff. And I said yes. And then I'd bring it back to her, and she'd say, What'd you tell them I could do? And <laughs> she figured it out. <laughs> okay. and All so right, so we, what uh, got you back into the real estate game? 
Yeah, we grew it to uh, 2013. I saw the market shift and at least flattened out in our area. And I decided, you know what? I want to get back into real estate. Her business is going pretty good. She had about four or five employees. And so I got back into real estate as a realtor. We've been through Dave Ramsey program. And so we pay everything cash. And so I decided to do it. I uh, got my license in June of 2013. Um, ended up selling 12 houses that during that first six months. I uh, started t- testing my toe into Zillow and um, sold a few houses through Zillow. So started in, I th- think I started with $150 a month in Zillow, went to 300, went to 500. A uh, lender contacted me and said, hey, I can, you know, want me to help you with your, uh, you know, do some co-marketing. I said, sure. Went to 1,000. Um, I hired a coach at the beginning of, or yeah, right at the beginning of 2014. His first suggestion was, to hire an assistant. And I said, well, I don't have enough money for that right now. And he goes, mm. and so I said, maybe I'll save some money for it because I want to pay cash for everything. He goes, what if the perfect person showed up tomorrow and would do everything that you need him to do so you can sell more houses? And I said, yeah, I'd hire him. And basically, maybe a day or two later, I got done showing some clients a house. They, we wrote it up, went and had a beer afterwards. And then the, the gal or the boyfriend said, hey, um, Cheers to Alexa. She's uh, she just quit her job today, or just you know right. she gave like a thirty day notice. And I go, well, what do you want to do? She goes, oh, I want to get into office and and uh, Who's marketing. This coach? Who's this coach? Profit that <laughs> you were working coach? with? Yeah. <laughs> he was awesome, and he wasn't even. I didn't even know what type of coach to get, so I just got a regular business coach, a local guy. So you know, oh, it was okay. action coach. But hey, anyone listening right now, Elite Real Estate Systems has a great coaching solution. I think, Mark, <laughs> you're in that program. So I have to do a shameless pitch. Uh, we offer a coach every week for 15 minutes to do an accountability call. But in addition to that, you're getting me and or Andy Cuny, our success manager, for one hour every week for $4.97 a month. And that includes 10 seats in our individual agent training, which is eight hours a month worth of content. So net-net, 12 hours of content, weekly coaching call, access to all of our back office, access to all of our events free, access to our team building workshop at a 66% discount for $497 a month. Okay, continue, Mark. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Thank you. I was paying uh, $500 in group coaching with that guy, and he didn't know anything about real estate. So, um, But coaching, I, I, I swear by coaching because he helped me with that. Um, so I hired her. I ended up selling uh, 68 houses that year on my own. Holy cow, and, nice. And mostly with buyers. So I was running my ass off. Basically didn't take a day off for about six months. <laughs> Sounds awful. <laughs> it was. Hey, if you want to not service any more, service 70 buyers in one year. Then you'll really yeah. decide not to service buyers anymore. <laughs> There's no way I could. Johnson, can you imagine? I, I would have blown my head off around buy number 12. <laughs> Sounds so bad. <laughs> I literally <laughs> never worked with a buyer. Even when I was in, I never worked I believe with a buyer that. ever. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, I, have, I had a business partner for that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> so, um, so at the end of that year, I decided I was ready to start a team, even though and at the beginning of when I got my real estate license, my goal was within five years to have a team and um, and be able to be out of production. And so I didn't know about that Williams. real quick. What you just said, most people don't come in and say, hey, well, eventually when it makes sense, I want to have a team and I want to not sell. I had that mindset as well. What do you think created that mindset for you? What created probably because I've had other businesses in the past, and I know that by leveraging myself, um, there's 
you can you only have so much time in a day and when you're selling 68 houses you run out of time real fast yep um so i think so, people's biggest fear mark in, and i know our listeners fear and the people that were in my mastermind room last week in denver's fear is they assume that if they don't service they're going to take those 68 deals and divide it by two if they're doing 50 percent referral fees and now they're going to make half but what is wrong well, with that assumption based on your experience well Every, you know, we can always buy more leads. I mean, Grant, there's only so many leads that I can buy. So once you have a system to figure out where leads are coming in, then I can always get, get more leads and have them come in. And Grant, I'm probably not doing it the best way, um, especially back then, um, just because, you know, you're supposed to build your, your, your business through referrals, which I'm doing now. But, you know, you still, I think you, for my business, at least, I, to grow as fast as I want to grow, I've got to spend some money and, and get some constant traffic how, of leads. How many units did you guys do last year? Last year, we did 171. So out of the 171 transactions, how many people on that list came in directly for you and you had to kick them off to someone else? Not leads you created, but leads from like leads you would have serviced had you still been working in the servicing game. And where I'm going well, for this year, is the answer I'm fishing for is that you didn't have very many people come in for you. Because I think a lot of times as team leaders, if we did 70 deals or 150 deals, we think when we exit, those 150 are gonna show up the next year. But that comes off, that goes off our radar. When I'm at the church function or the gym or the library or wherever, and someone talks about real estate, when I'm not servicing, I'm ignoring the conversation. Like when people talk about what's the market like, like I'm backing away because I want nothing to do with that conversation. I'm not interested anymore. But when I was in the servicing game, I was all over it, like all day, yeah. every day. It's how I lived. It was my it was my being. And people knew that. So like if they didn't want me to be a part of that conversation, they'd whisper about it over yeah. the side. Otherwise, I was in their face trying to earn the business. So my experience was when I stopped servicing, all that business dried up and I was counting on that business. And what I had to do was focus on helping the agents find deals, like you said, from their sphere, asking for referrals, building those relationships. And then I also provided them internet leads. Then I also empowered them to know how to create their own leads through outbound prospecting. So what was kind of your experience with that when you stopped servicing? Um, well, last year I still was servicing. So last year of those 171, I still sold probably about 50 or 60 of the houses. Um, buy sides as well, or did you stop working buyers and just focus on Oh, I stopped team? working buy sides. <laughs> yeah. When? It was like the difference of doing 68 uh, buyers Five versus seven, doing yeah. 60 sells, night and day. Yeah, I mean, night last and day. year, yeah, you can run. Listings take a net total of about 10 hours uh, from start to finish. Buyers take a net total right now of 25 hours because most markets are seller markets and you have multiple offers. You lose out on a bunch of houses. So that's yeah, kind of what we a, figured out. And even a listing probably doesn't even take 10 hours of my time because you got to, um, you know, your transaction coordinators is probably less than five hours of my time, I would guess. There you um, go. And, that, and I've always said that's your highest income producing activity is prospecting and going on appointments to get people to sign on the line that is dotted. And that line I'm discussing is exclusive buyer agency and the listing agreement, not the executed contract. You can outsource all of that to somebody else. Exactly. All right. And so, so, so when you're talking about like you overhearing somebody talking about real estate, um, I haven't gotten over that bug yet. So I still, I'll still talk to them and I'll, I'll be excited about it and tell them what's going on in the market. And then I'll are say, you excited? Man, I've got a great agent on my team that will take care of you. And are I'll you excited? <laughs> are you excited to have that conversation with people? I still am. Oh, oh. Jeff Cohn bringing you jadedagent.com. Right. I get excited right. because I think I'm going to bring them over to my team and have somebody sell my house. Right. <laughs> so that's how I get excited yeah. about it. 
Datedagent.com. Now, when I'm, when I'm oh. as big and famous as you, maybe I won't be as excited anymore. All oh, right. Yeah, I, I want the money. Um, I still need it. And, you know, so funny, as you become more successful, people assume you don't need the money. It's actually when you need the most money because you're probably spending more than you actually have because your ego gets the best of you. So that's pretty much the situation that I'm in right now. So I definitely need the money. We'll have people that will choose to work with an agent that's like sold 10 houses. They're like, well, they need the money more. It's like, really? That's how you're making your decision? Imagine choosing the doctor, dentist, lawyer, attorney, take any other profession and say you chose to use someone because they needed the money, not because the service that they were going to offer was the best. So kind of you want the broke doctor that does two surgeries right. a year. Or do you want the, this the poor doctor, no one sees him because of all the lawsuits he had six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is a big, big shift. So last year you worked sellers. This year you chose to go CEO route. What's the diff what has the difference been and how have you chosen to deploy your additional time that you weren't spending working those 60 listings? Uh, the biggest difference is uh, bringing on more agents um, because I I do think that, you know, I, when I first started a team, I thought I, I wanted to get a bunch of people that could sell 50 or 60 houses because that's what I could do and that's what I wanted on my team. Um, I came to the realization not everybody wants the same goals as, that I do. and But I do know that I can um, – set up a model and a plan for people to sell 20 to 30 houses and make a really good living in Spokane. They're still way above the, the, what do you make off 30 rate. sales in Spokane about 150,000 a year with, your uh, no, probably closer to about 90, something like that. Okay. What's your average sales price? 225. Okay. Wow. You're the same as us. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would have expected yeah. it to be higher than that. Mm -hmm. We're, we're basically Seattle's on one side of the state and we're on the other side of the state. So Seattle's okay. prices are about three times what ours are. I'm sure. Um, so we're, you know, so, so yeah, you guys are on, more on the, like, the Idaho border, right? Yes. Right on the Idaho border. Talk to the listeners about that mindset. I think there's a huge aha here that a lot of times people might skip over. Um, you mentioned Mark, how you felt like um, you thought everyone needed to be like you and do 50 to 70 deals a year. That's that kind of a like rock star mentality that you're going to find a bunch of other rock stars. But instead, you've come to the realization that it's not about them doing as much business as you. It's about you helping them do as much business as they want to do for themselves to be able to reach their own personal goals. And most of the people in your organization, if they do 20 to 30 deals, they can make, you know, 70 to $90,000 a year. And that should be good enough for them. And if they're doing that consistently, and you can keep adding agents to that process. It should be good enough for you as well. Yes, definitely. I've came to that realization. And I do have a couple people on our team that do want to make $150,000 a year, and they are. And um, I want to support anybody on our team, uh, make the goals that they want to make. And, and we do the, um, we just did a six month planning um, last week, and everybody wrote down what their um, monthly expenses are, and then what their, their dream is and what their uh, why is, and added those together. And over the next six months, and we divided it out and tried to help everybody figure out how many homes they want to sell in the next six months so we can go strong for the last part of the year. And, you know, everybody varied. I mean, there's people that want to sell 12 houses for the next six months, and there's other people that wanted to sell 30 houses in the next six months. And I'm good with either one of them. I just want to hold them accountable to that and see if they, that's where they really want to be and what they really want to do. Because that's our goal is for our team, the rest of our team, the staff to help them achieve their goals, wherever they want to be. I love, I love the mindset. I love the attitude. I love the process. I love the system. Um, we're full supporters of exactly what you're doing. And some of those ideas have probably come through our, our coaching organization. 
Um, I love this mindset of defining the why, helping someone create a vision board, reverse engineer how much money they need to make based on the life they want to live, and then show them how many homes they'd need to sell to make that much money. And then help them identify the areas in their business where they're stronger. For example, if they're great with outbound prospecting or great at open houses or great at engaging their sphere, help show the agent that and encourage them and hold them accountable to working in the areas that you know they're going to be the most successful so they can make that income after having those sales and then lead and live that life of their dreams. So that's really awesome. So what else uh, would you say has helped contribute to you being able to step out the day-to-day -day role of selling and be focused more on building the business? Um, probably another big one would be uh, Jolene, our team leader. She came to me or came with me to your uh, your yep. monthly thing. Um, I, rem I remember Jolene. Month. Oh, perfect. You remember <laughs> Jolene, but you didn't remember me. <laughs> and I've well, talked to Jolene a lot. She's awesome. Jolene's a yes. little spitfire, full of energy. Um, she's awesome. She's a great hire. Yeah. And so when we brought her there in, in September, we were kind of defining her role and uh, she was doing transaction coordinating at the time. And then we decided to put her in more of a, she was doing a combo role of transaction coordinating and similar to what Andy was doing or doing um, is coaching and holding the team accountable to what their goals are. And I just know for myself, I'm okay at it, but it was consistency. I'm not selling houses. I'm busy doing whatever. And so I wouldn't, it was more my fault for not showing up weekly to meet with all the agents. And so I knew I had to find somebody that would be good at it. And would hold wow, how often do you hear a team leader say, my fault? That sounded awesome. My fault. You guys hear that? A D. You got to be a high DI just like me, right? He said, oh, yeah. my fault. That meant he just took ownership. I love that language. Um, a great book on this is Extreme Ownership. A lot of team leads can't do that. When we are self-actualized and can see where we're weak, we then can become strong by finding other people that will do better. And Mark, you did a great job at that. So nice work being able to even acknowledge to yourself that you were weak at something and make a different, you know, make choices to be able to fix that problem. Well, that's what they say is you're supposed to hire people that are smarter or better at you than in different positions. That's the only way you're going to grow out of that position. Otherwise, I don't need to be the expert in everything and I don't want to be. Otherwise, I'm going to have 20 people coming to me all the time. Mm. And I'm never going to get anything done. Amen. <laughs> Agreed. And so I hired her to do that, and she's done a terrific job, which at that time we had, I think, four or five agents on our team. Um, so that gave me the ability. It's like, okay, now we can really start to grow um, from that point. And I saw that you had, uh, you know, 50 people on your team. It's like, so, you know, in my mind, it's like, okay, if our average agent sells 25 houses, um, we're going to have to have 40 agents on our team to sell 1,000 houses. So it's just a matter of numbers now, you know. Oh, so, isn't it beautiful? When you yeah. can make decisions based on just numbers, it's yeah. awesome. And then you just have to line it all up. What was the difference in your mind shift after coming to our team building workshop in Omaha, which we host every month, 2997? What was your mind shift change after coming out? You have five agents, you get there. You know, you, you always have this expectation, right? Like this person's going to have this huge ego. All these, are there really going to be agents there? Like they say, is the office, what's the office going to be like? How did it affect or impact your business and your mindset when you came home after that trip? Well, you are correct. You had a big ego, so that was right. That doesn't change. That's never <laughs> that changed. Change. Got to have an ego. So, so the biggest thing was to build a spot, you know, because that was our, our training and our coaching and, and holding people accountable, I thought we were lacking in. Um, 
And so we needed to do a shift there. So once I got that under control, I, I felt like with Jolene uh, doing a great job of onboarding people, we put a system for 30, 60, 90, what we're doing every single day for the first 90 days uh, to get people on track. Then I felt like we weren't going to leave new people behind. And so then I felt like, okay, after we have that, now we can actually start recruiting. So by the end of the year, last year, we were up to eight agents. Um, then again, I started feeling like I wasn't doing a good job of being a good recruiter. And um, in one of my recruiting meetings or, or uh, interviews with somebody, she uh, said she's, she loves recruiting. She was actually interviewing for to be an agent, but, but when she came in, she said she really didn't want to be an agent. She'd rather be a recruiter and a transaction coordinator. What? And so it's like, perfect. We need a new transaction coordinator to take over for Jolene and have a recruit. How are these people falling in your lap? That's amazing. <laughs> Honestly, let's, let's talk about that. I mean, you're obviously talking about other options with people when you're in front of them. You know, that was a recruiting meeting with a potential agent, but you were willing to be cognizant that this person may be skilled in other things and be open to talking to them about opportunities within your team, within those roles, not just within that agent role. I mean, that's your doing to be open to that. I think it's because uh, I've learned also, I wasn't doing before, is sharing my vision more often with more people. And so when I'm sharing my vision with people like her, she's like, I, I see another part, part from my, in my life to help your company get here. So what we end up hiring vision? her. What is my vision? Um, is to grow. We want to be the largest uh, company in or the largest team in Spokane, um, a thousand agents in, uh, by 2020. But also it's bigger than that. A thousand agents or a thousand units? Oh, a thousand units. Sorry. A thousand, a thousand agents. agents I'm like, be, I'd have half our agents and I don't, I don't want that many hey, people to worry about. You can go there um, if you want to go there. That's just fast. But I want to be able to help grow people because I know that I failed um, big time in 2007 and eight and lost everything. And it's really mm -hmm. cool when you get people to join the team that have either never been in real estate, never been in sales, and you have this model together. And maybe some things have, you know, they've hit some bumps in their life too. And that for us to be able to help them out and have a career like that we have available that they can you know, we asked our people to come into the office about three or from like eight to noon, uh, Monday through Thursday. But then the rest of the week is their schedule. They can make as much money as they want to. They can work as many hours as they want to. I guess we do have minimum standards, though. I think when I've talked to you, you would you would have somebody on your team that wants to sell five. We want this to be their full time career. So we do want them to sell at least 20, 25 houses a year. Otherwise, they're probably not a good fit for our team. We want them to be engaged and be there every day. I know our model is different than yours where you're um, having, you know, don't mind having people work from home and stuff like that. So everybody has a different way, um, yep. but that's kind of our goal. And uh, I just think that it's a great career to have and to see how people's lives have changed by being on our team in six months. And all of a sudden they're selling four or five houses a month and crushing it when they didn't even know how to talk to somebody on the phone six months ago. Mm -hmm. That's that's a really cool uh, place to be at to me. It's, it's worth way more than the money is. Do you know what the money would be if you hit a thousand? If you were able to do a thousand units, uh, we'd be at about six and a half, seven million dollars in, in commissions and in gross commission income. Yeah. Do you know what percentage of GCI you're keeping as net profit? About twenty-five percent. My goal is All to right, get twenty-five percent and and uh, long term more. Last, last year I did thirty percent, but I also sold you know about a third of our houses. So um, I yep. think it's going to go down to be closer to twenty-five percent this year. But then. Then my goal would be to try to push it closer to 30%.
I wanted to share with our listeners, I used to brag I was at about 33% and I went down big time last year. Um, we did our biggest year ever, 700 plus houses, 135 million, 3.1 million in gross commission income. But I paid out 10% more to my agents last year than I had the year before because there's a lot of my agents had become more tenured on my team and their splits had gone up. So 70% of my GCI went out to agent commission, 10% went to uh, overhead expenses, and I netted about 20%. Okay. So after a couple million dollar net years, I ended up last year making like 620,000. That's just off my residential real estate. Uh, there's a lot of other business entities floating around there too. But um, I took a little bit of a hit and I'm totally fine with that. I feel great that my agents keep 70% of the GCI. The little red book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, teaches to only give your agents 40% of your GCI. Yeah, I know that's possible. You will not retain an agent at 40%. Those agents, that'll be a revolving door business. And I wanted a business where the agents could grow with me forever and never have to leave my organization. And that's why I chose to do that really high split because they can go all the way up to an 80-20 split. Yeah. And cool. Uh, well, hey, is, while we have, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, Jeff, I just wanted to clarify because part of the re, you, you mentioned the agents are tenured and so their splits go up. Is that a is that a result of the splits that you put in place that you wouldn't have if you had to do it all over again? Because you talked a little bit about this in terms of like mm -hmm. if you if you could have done it and it had this in mind from the very beginning, you would have done the splits a little bit different. Uh, would that have changed the profit and and the the take home percentage? I go back and forth on this because I know to retain top talent, you have to make sure there's value there. The split is one form of value, but there comes mm -hmm. a point, and a lot of us team leaders are there, where you look at like what your broker offers you and you ask, do I really need to be at this brokerage giving them X amount of dollars when I could I know I could be on my own, keep all of it, and then create the value adds that the broker at that time is providing? Agents in my organization, because we do so much training, they get to a point where it's like they know everything they need to be doing. Our company's paying for a lot of stuff, but they could leave, save X amount and pay for that themselves. And so there needs to be a split appropriate that makes sense for them to not leave us because it would cost them more to leave us and recreate the wheel that we're providing for them. And for us, that number is 80-20. I think the dysfunction for me as I look at this is I think earlier on, I'd like it to be harder for an agent to get to 80-20. And we made it super simple. So we do a 60-40 to 80-20 split and they it um, is reassessed every 12 months and it goes up by 5% every million in volume. So brand new agents come in at 60-40. Once they do 1 million, the next calendar year, they go to 65-35. If they do 2 million, 70-33 million, 75-25. And if they hit 4 million or more, it goes up. What I wish I had left it, left it at, it used to be that they didn't get to go to an 80-20 split until they hit 4 million or more. And before that, they just stay at 60-40. So mm -hmm. in hindsight, I wish I had left everyone at 60-40 until they were at 4 million. And then once they hit 4 million or more, they go to 80-20 instead of all the in-between. I don't know if it'd make a huge difference on in my business. I'm happy to be able to pay out the way we pay out. It makes me feel like I'm treating them the way I would want to be treated. The way I've offset that split for everyone going, holy crap, how does he make any money? About 33% of our business until last year came from internet leads, of which we keep a 50-50 split. And so that's where we're making a lot of the money. And that's one of the strategies behind creating teams within teams is it allowed me, those team leaders stopped wanting to work the internet leads because they started getting really good at working their sphere and creating their own internet leads. But they did want to allow their sub agents, the agents they hired onto their team within my team, they allow all of those agents to work our internet leads. 
And so it was another vehicle to allow me to continue making that 50-50 split by providing the leads for those team leads. And it's another value add for those team leads to stay with me versus going out on their own because every agent they recruit into their team will have access to 50 to 60 leads a month through the leads that we're providing to them. Interesting. We're also, yeah, so, mm, oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Mark. We're also trying to, it's not just like uh, anything else in life. It's not always about the money. And so we're also trying to build the culture. So that's one of the reasons we would like everybody to be there. So we know people, we work together, we have fun. We have, I, I pay for our breakfast every Monday morning when we, we do everything. We have a ping pong table and a foosball table at the office, drinking beer sometimes and, and uh, razzing each other about, about it. And then once a month we uh, um, do something as a team. We'll either have a barbecue at somebody's house. We'll go out to uh, laser tag, you know, a painting thing, you know, whatever. They get to choose what we're gonna do. And, uh, you know, um, there's an amusement park slash water park that's uh, not too far from our, our office. And uh, so we have a goal this month to put 35 deals under contract. And if we hit that, I'm paying for everybody to go to that. That's and cool. so we'll, we just do a lot of fun things together. And if we if we sell 300 houses this year, I'm taking everybody to Hawaii um, as long as they nice. sell at least 24 houses or more. Um, and if they sell less than 24 houses, whatever percentage of that, that's how much we'll, I'll pay of their, of their trip. I want to be on Mark's team. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> See, no, it's not about the money, is it? Well, you, you, you know, you mentioned the the revolving the revolving door business, and and this is what I find fascinating about things that that sound really dry and sterile, like commission splits. Like, I mean, so, some some team leaders will prick up their ears. Others are like, you know, like right. as soon as you say like stuff like that, they're they're you know they're already falling asleep. But the yeah. bottom line is that all of this stuff has a very practical, hard. Uh, like effects and side effects on the business and the culture that we're trying to build. And the more that we understand like the direct link between things like commission splits and the value that we provide agents and the actual day-to-day feeling of the business that we create, the more we can take that back to the bottom line decisions and go, okay, I, I see the link now. Now I'm going to make intelligent decisions about what split and what proper percentage I'm going for based on the business that I actually want to run that fits into my life and not just what looks good on paper. Yep. I love it. I think that's a great point, Matt. You know, in my focus, I always wanted to make a million dollars a year. Um, and I got to the point where I, I made my first million two years ago and a million dollar lifestyle versus a $250,000 lifestyle isn't that different. I mean, you can save a lot more money, but my lifestyle in Omaha hasn't changed a ton. And so it wasn't about the money as much. And I hate when I hear people say that because anyone that doesn't have it will just roll their eyes and it doesn't really land. But anyone that's made a lot of money, The money isn't what inspires Mark to be a team lead and be successful and do a thousand deals. The money's not what is inspiring me. It's honestly watching the change that we can help create in the lives of the people that choose to align themselves with our businesses. And that's the thing that keeps me up at night is thinking about the agents that aren't taking advantage of all the value add that we've created for them. And there's lots of agents that choose to exit my organization. We've had 100 hires in the last six years. And 50 of those hires are no longer with us. And probably half of those people are no longer in the business. Not probably. We actually ran an audit on this. A lot of the agents that left my organization left real estate altogether. The ones that stayed in it, only five have sold more homes after leaving my team than when they were on the team. So 5% of the people that have left my team have done more business after leaving us than when they were with us. And that it breaks my heart that people, they get talked into by another broker, by a slick recruiter, by another team leader, or they're told that they're going to be more successful on their own. So they have their own identity, but then they don't make the income goals that they'd set out for themselves. And they don't reach their life goals that they've set for themselves. And most aren't going to crawl back to me and say, Hey, can I come back to the team? 
And so it's just everybody chooses their life path. It's just, I, you know, obviously we hope that those people choose the path that we believe is going to help them be the most successful. And I think that's within my organization. So it breaks my heart when people don't take advantage of what they have right there at their fingertips. And it's a lot of agents that don't. That's yeah, true. That's true. All right, Mark. Well, let's, uh, we're running low on time. We want to honor your time. So uh, what's the best way for people to connect and where can they keep you in mind for referrals? Uh, well, you can go to our website, um, topagentteam.com, and then you can either email me, mark at topagentteam.com, um, or, well, I don't even know our office number off the top of my head, so I can give my phone number, 509-995-5844. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have referrals and, uh, and build our, you know, help our uh, agents continue to get more more deals under contract. Um, the one thing I was going to say before on the recruiter person, she's actually, you know, again, I'm, I failed at that and, and found a better person at it. So she's, she loves what she just comes to – actually, she was a recruiter slash um, uh, co- uh, transaction coordinator. And after about a month, we decided – and she decided she's a terrible transaction coordinator. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> and so she, we were, we were thinking about firing her. She was thinking about quitting and she came and, and she wasn't doing as much recruiting at the time. She goes, you know what? I just really want to give more of the recruiting and I know I'm bad at this. And so she's done that. She's been fantastic at it. Awesome. Everybody loves it. Her at it. Now we have 16 people on our team, probably have five wow. more in the pipeline that will be joining our team in the next three or four weeks. And she loves what she does. And it's great to see because I knew we knew she was talent. It just wasn't in the right spot with the transaction coordinating spot. And now she's yeah. doing some other stuff with us in, in marketing and doing a fantastic job at that. So it's just it's awesome. great to get people in the right positions. Same with Jolene. She was a terrible realtor, and she'll, if she listens to it, she'll laugh and agree. <laughs> um, but she's a great team leader and That's a great, awesome. great talent for our team, you know. So just got to sometimes yeah. put the right people in the right spots. Well, Mark, yeah. you're doing great. You're an inspiration for anyone listening to this podcast today. Um, I loved your story. I loved your authenticity. Uh, thank you for coming on. We'll definitely want to have you back on the show. When you're number one in Spokane, <laughs> you right. can come back on the show with us and let <laughs> oh, us know. Man, kind you're going to maybe wait two years. There. <laughs> uh, you'll be there before that. I wanted to thank all of our listeners. We, we always ask Johnson or myself, we'll ask people to go out to iTunes and thank our uh, the person that we interviewed and give us a five-star rating. I hadn't been on for a couple months, jumped on yesterday, and we have a ton of new reviews. I think we're almost up to 60 reviews. Uh, we'd like to get to 100 before the end of 2018. So if you've listened to this up to this point and you still have not left a review, please go to iTunes. Um, go on there, give us a five-star review. If you just go into podcast and scroll to the middle, that's where you'll see the five-star. You just click on five-star and then write like two or three sentences about what you like about the podcast and thank the person whose podcast has inspired you or motivated you to be able to increase your business and scale. And then also um, an invitation. Our workshops are continuing to run every month. Our, we just had one Monday that went great. We had six people come out um, from two different from California and Texas. We're going to be hosting our next team-building workshop in Omaha, Nebraska on August 13th. Anyone hearing this right now, I'm going to offer a 50% off discount. It's normally $29.97. That includes a guest. We're going to offer you 50% off, so it's going to be $14.97 with a guest. You get access to our Google Drive for life, which is houses all of our intellectual property, and you get added to a private Facebook page to learn more about the workshops and the live stream coaching, which Mark is a part of. Go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. And with that... Are we ready to put a bow on it, as Matt would say? <laughs> we I, I are. guess I'll give you one more plug, Jeff. I definitely recommend if you haven't gone to your 
your your team building in Omaha, go. Yep. We went from four agents to we'll probably be over 20 in less than a year. And that is a testimonial. We, we grab would this, not be grab there the sound bite. <laughs> Mark, I get all the credit. Four to 20 because of Omaha's elite or elite real estate systems workshop. It is the team. Well, I'll give workshop. you part of the credit and Andy part of the credit. There you go. We'll split it with us. And your recruiter will take a third. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I just wanted to briefly thank everyone who is watching uh, and listening here on the Facebook Live as well. I mean, we had a ton of people join. Mark, Gino, Veronica, Nate, Brian, Amy, uh, let's see, Dave Pinnell, Antoine Thomas. What's up, guys? Mike Higgins was joining us. Paul Franklin was watching. Fernando, uh, Oscar, Al. So, uh, guys, if you don't know, cool. we're actually pretty much every week, uh, every week at Wednesday at the same time, 11 Central. Uh, we're here on Facebook Live, so you can actually jump in with us, interact with the guests, interact with us, submit your questions, let us know where you're at so we can all keep you in mind for referrals. So uh, make sure to go like the uh, Elite Real Estate Systems Facebook page where this broadcast, you can check that out. Uh, and yeah, with that said, guys, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the next one. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, 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 yeah.